Welcome to a special episode of our Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand series brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity. For more information on the Rainmaker Multiplier process and a list of all podcasts in this series, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Coffee Break. Uh, so glad so many of you could join us today. We have a very special presentation today and joined by a uh, man I'll introduce here in just a minute. But I uh, wanted to kick things off. This is September. And for those of you that don't know, September is Life Insurance Awareness Month. So uh, we did think it was appropriate to kind of start with a life insurance topic as we kick off uh, a coffee break in September. Uh, so I'm going to introduce uh, Dave Buckwall. Dave, uh, for those of you that were with us in Nashville at our Mastermind Collegium, you probably saw Dave on the main stage giving a very similar presentation. Uh, but uh, what, what we asked Dave to come in and do today is, is really help unpack the opportunities that, that he's able to identify within forced life insurance. So, so one question I get asked a lot, lot, Kirsten I'm sure gets asked a lot, Eric on our team gets asked a lot is, hey, I, I have this client that's come in, they have this old life insurance policy, you know, what can I do with it? How do, how do I analyze it? How do I uncover new opportunities? How do I know if it, you know, a replacement's going to be the appropriate course of action for them? Um, and, and Dave, I know that you are just a, a huge thought leader in the industry. You've done, you know, I, I don't even know how many millions of, of life insurance target premium over your career. Uh, I'm sure it's a, it, it's quite a lot. Um, and so we wanted you to join us, just, just kind of talk about what you do, how you do it at One Team Financial, uh, how you uncover opportunities when it comes to enforced policy specifically, how you position new sales, uh, some of the tools and resources you use. Today, we're going to let Dave kind of kind of just explain what he does, how he does it, and then we'll save questions for the end, probably five, 10 minutes of questions for the end, Dave, depending on you know, how much uh, you want to throw at us today. And uh, we'll kind of use that as our format for today. Does that, does that sound fair, everyone? Awesome, getting shaking heads. So without further ado, Dave Buckwald, president, founder of One Team Financial, life insurance uh, guru. I'm going to turn it over to you and, and let you, uh, you know, just, just kind of explain how you do things uh, uh, over at your team. Sure. Uh, thanks, uh, Callum. Thank you, everyone, for taking time out of your day uh, to be here. So hopefully I can give you some information that will impact your uh, clients and your uh, and your practices. Uh, so I've been doing this now for 33 years. And I go back way back when, um, just getting into this, it's my passion. Um, it's my, uh, I focus on it. That's really the, my special uh, specialty at One Team Financial. Uh, but I just want to share with them, I am a huge, huge fan of the tax benefits that life insurance provides. Um, obviously for death benefit can be income tax-free, but also um, you can accumulate wealth inside it, uh, kind of like a souped up Roth IRA concept. So I'm a huge, a huge fan of the tax benefits of life insurance as an asset class in many of our clients' portfolios. But I am not a fan at all of the life insurance industry. Um, I got in it 33 years ago. I know how people are taught. Um, same way I was taught uh, to run a fancy illustration, make it look as good as possible. Um, no concerns whether it actually comes true or not. Um, but that's the way we were all taught. Run the run the rates of return as high as you possibly can. Run the people at the underwriting class the best you can. And who cares if it comes true? And we're, we've been brought into an industry of fancy spreadsheets, fancy illustrations. I, I, I refer to it as the illustration beauty contest and the best illustration wins and that could not be farther from the truth and now we fast forward you know 
20, 30 years later, we've had market volatility, we've had a prolonged low interest rate environment, and many of these illustrations are complete disasters. And the life insurance industry is kind of opposite of the wealth management industry, industry where you're encouraged, uh, encouraged to have long lasting relationships, you get paid on a fee basis, a trail basis. Life insurance, you get a big fat commission up front um, and very little trail. So if you're in the business, you got to keep selling more and more things. Um, so it's not exactly known for the proactive service model. So that's the problem with the life insurance industry. But with problems lead massive, massive opportunities uh, because this is an asset class on clients' balance sheets. And most of these policies, whole life, universal life, variable life, They've all across the board more than likely underperformed what the agent showed many, many years ago when he showed that fancy little illustration. And as I said, they're not known for the proactive service model. So most agents are running for the hills, hope things turn around um, or hope for, uh, hopefully the client actually forgets what they actually bought or was, was sold. So you got this tri $3 trillion business, more money than all the hedge funds combined, sitting in cash value life insurance policies that have more than likely underperformed what the original agent showed you. Now, if I don't think, if you guys don't see that as an opportunity, I, I don't know what you will. I mean, this is the, one of the greatest opportunities I've ever seen in my career to review this existing asset based on best interest standards, review policy performance, and review charges and expenses. So I take a very different, I don't run around with illustrations, I barely even show an illustration to the end. Um, but most of my business these days comes through CPAs, attorneys, wealth managers, property and casualty firms, where they say, you know, I have a client that you know has a million, two million, five, whatever it may be of permanent life insurance, not term, permanent life insurance, and they are open to reviewing it. Simple as that. So I sit down with the client, how it typically goes, and I'll sit down. So Kayla, appreciate the opportunity, you know, to to review this asset that you currently have in your portfolio because it is an asset. Um, and let me just ask you a couple of questions. And the first question, I'll he'll say sure. And the first question I ask, and I ask it probably every day of my career, is a simple one. Do you know what you are actually being charged for your life insurance? And don't change that word charge. Don't say pay. The word is charged. Do you know what you're actually being charged for your life insurance? And Caleb's going to give me one or two answers. He's going to say, I don't know. I don't recall or he's gonna tell me the premium. <laughs> he's gonna tell me, I pay 30,000 bucks a year, 100,000 bucks, whatever the number, just keep it simple, I like bigger numbers. I'm paying 100 grand a year. And I said, well, hold on, Kale, hold on a second. That, that's what you pay to the company, right? Yeah, Dave, that's my premium. I said, well, hold on. It goes to the company, then charges are deducted from that 100 grand, and what's left over goes into the cash value and earns some fictitious crediting rates, some dividend rates, some crediting rate. It's a projection, right? We're projecting what that would grow in the future. Is that kind of how you think it works? And Kaylin's like, yeah. And I'm like, and that's the way every policy works. Universal life, whole life index, they all work the same. Premium goes in, charges get deducted. What's left over goes into the cash value. 
So, Caleb, let me ask you again. So you understand that what you're being charged is actually what's deducted from the premium. So the premium can be any number. Charges are facts. Crediting rates are fiction. Let's focus on the facts first, because the, I can guarantee you the company does not know what they're actually going to credit you over the next 5, 10, 15, or 20 years. And that's the lever they can control on universal life and whole life. They can always change that. But the, the, they know exactly what they're going to charge you. So that's facts. Okay, well, let me ask you again. Do you know what you're actually being charged? And they will give you, and I've spoken to hedge fund people, CEOs of companies, and they give you the same answer every time. Wow, I don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. And I'm like, wow, you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and you don't know what you're actually taking, what you're being charged? And I know most people at C2P, there's some you know, great life insurance people. I think the majority of the people are wealth managers. They do holistic planning. Um, I said, could you imagine going to your wealth manager and you say, hey, I love your firm. I love your culture, your value proposition, the way you do things. But by the way, what are you going to charge me to take over my account? And imagine if the wealth manager said, I don't know. Not only do I don't know, I'm not going to tell you. And I can change my mind anytime I want without telling you, and it will be based on how profitable my company was the year before. And people laugh. I said, you'd run for the hills. You know, same thing if you're going to, people refinancing these days. Imagine if your mortgage guy said, I don't know what the rate is, and I can change my mind whenever I feel like it, and I don't have to tell you. You would run for the hills. But that's the life insurance industry. It's crazy. Um, it was never a transparent industry. It was built on spreadsheets, fancy sales techniques. Um, and many of them, I believe, and I heard some great presentations out in Nashville. I said, those are great strategies, wonderful strategies for a wonderful product with wonderful tax benefits. But what I always say, if you have a product with lower charges and expenses, doesn't it mean that'll just work even better? You don't always need these fancy sales, but we need transparency. We need full disclosure. We need to act as a fiduciary. We need to act in the best interest standards that is relevant in every financial sector, except the life insurance industry. It's an outdated industry. Um, it's a flawed industry. The compensation models are not structured to promote this type of um, uh, practice where you're disclosing everything. So I was always frustrated with that. And you know, 15, 20 years later, I see all these products, including the ones that I've sold, because I came into the variable world and they taught us to run everything at 12%. <laughs> and the reason we couldn't, we, we wanted to go higher because that was the 80s and the markets just did 20, 30% every year. So we actually thought we were being conservative. Like, can't we run it higher? Um, yeah, that, that was an interesting time. And all of so now we run them at five and a half, six, seven, but even the products that I sold have underperformed. So, but I, the only difference I did is I went back and serviced my business because I felt that I was committed to doing that and I explained what happened. The markets didn't perform as we projected, so we need to fix the problem. So how I, so when, so once Caleb says, no, I, he says, I don't know what I'm being charged. I would say, well, Caleb, would you like to know? Because rates can vary by as much as 80%, 80%. 
eight zero, not eight, not 18, 80 between best available rates and terms, which have low costs and worst available rates and terms, which have high costs. And people understand that. I mean, they understand the Vanguard world, right? All things being equal, assuming we're having apples to apples comparisons, low fees lead to better performance, period, end of story. So people like that. So wouldn't you like to know what you're being charged, Caleb, to make sure you're not being overcharged? And you say, sure. So the first step I take is we get an updated in-force illustration with all charges and expenses clearly disclosed, which companies will never, ever, ever do if you, if you don't ask for it. And even when you ask for it, they usually don't want to do it because that's like the dirty little secret, the charges and expenses. That peels back the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz. That peels back the curtain. And now you can have an intelligent conversation on what you really own. So once we get that, now whole life doesn't do that, but universal life, variable, index, they all do. But we can even reverse engineer it with whole life. So now I get those illustrations. I send them off um, to Verilytic, um, which is basically Morningstar for life insurance. I get back a fancy little report um, that I'll just show you. I mean, I don't have too much time to get into that today, but I want to show you some samples of when we get that on what the charges and expenses can really disclose. And then also some of the funny business um, that carriers are playing these days on the performance. So let me, let me share my screen and I'll just show you a couple of things here. Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the Bucket Plan book. Go to claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. That's claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer. So what determines performance of every single insurance policy from every single company? It's a few things. The interest that you earn, the crediting rate, the dividend rate, the interest rate, interest. So obviously green, the higher the interest, the better. Red, bad, the lower the interest, makes sense, right? COI, COI charges, expenses. I just lump them all together, expenses. Obviously high costs are no good. We want low costs. And obviously, we want higher growth, um, depending, but we want, and it's got to be in line with the client's risk tolerance. So a lot of people don't know, New York City, a couple of years ago, had life insurance, passed laws that life insurance now fell into the best interest standards. And most insurance guys hated that. We loved it because we were always about transparency, showing everything. And, and based on that New York law, whether you bought a policy in New York, you owned a trust in New York, your advisor lived it, if you had any ties to New York, you fell under the new best interest standards. And it was three basic components. And it's like the rest of the financial services industry. You had to disclose all charges, fees, and expenses, right? Your performance that you were illustrating must be in line with historical standards. None of this stuff running at 12% and you know, you buy a, 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 a index product or a UL product and you're running seven, eight, it's ridiculous interest rates. And it has to be in line with the client's risk tolerance. 
Okay, like variable, private placement, those are usually more aggressive strategies, right? Whole life, universal life, a little more conservative and IUL somewhere in the middle. So crediting rates, charges and expenses and growth rates. So I explain that to people that's kind of, that determines how well your policy will perform. Every, every company, every product. So when we get to, here we go. So when I get, let's assume it's a universal life product for a second, just because it's easier to explain that one to start off. So we get the charges and expense pages. Then we send it off to Verilytic. We get an independent report back. So and it, the report is based off of these charges and expense pages because it discloses all the charges you will pay for the rest of your life. And these charges, again, can vary by as much as 80% from carrier to carrier. So there, there's massive differences. Um, and it can be based on just a company has lower charges and expenses later on. It could be based on underwriting classification. It could be based on a lot. So you always want to examine, hence the magnifying glass, examine and measure charges and expenses because you want to minimize those for your clients whenever possible, right? Lower charges and expenses means less premium you got to put in. You don't need as much. Higher growth rate, less premium. And also what's happening now is another problem especially with fixed income insurance, crediting rates, interest rates have been down for so long. Not only are the crediting rates going down on the crediting rate that they can credit towards these policies, but now these insurance companies are not earning the yield on their existing portfolios that support the crediting rates. So this other dirty little secret is they are forced to increase these charges and expenses on existing blocks of business. So now you're getting the double whammy. You're getting declining crediting rates and increasing charges and expenses. So you must look at that. And to me, if you're really acting in your client's best interest, if you're not examining charges and expenses, you probably shouldn't be selling life insurance because you're selling it off of a fancy sales technique. You know, and I'm not saying I don't say that in a bad sense because I think it's there's some great strategies, um, but you still want to examine charges and expenses, and you want those recommendations supported by independent, patented, FINRA-reviewed technology, which I use Verilytic. Um, so there's the charges. You can see that, okay? And then oftentimes we can get another policy that you add up these charges over your lifetime, and you may pay a million dollars in charges and expenses from one carrier, and you may pay 600,000 from another carrier. So in essence, that's a $400,000 savings you're providing your client. Now that, so they, they could be losing $400,000 unknowingly and unnecessarily, and they don't even know about it. So can you imagine if you go to your client, the impact that you're going to have on their lives? You say, listen, we just saved you $400,000. How do you want to use that money? You could pay the same premium, get more insurance. You could keep the same death benefit and put that savings into your pocket. You could invest it elsewhere. You could increase the care. You tell me how you want to use that $400,000 of savings. So those stories are very, very typical. Once we peel back the curtain and run these reports properly on clients' existing insurance portfolios.
And I always say, wealth managers, you guys are in the perfect position to do this. You already have the money. You already have the client. You just didn't sell the life insurance. So you always risk a guy like me poking around because I'm the opposite. I may come in and look at the life insurance, find somebody a quarter million to a half a million dollars, and I'll say, your wealth management guy didn't bring this to your attention? Your lawyer, you see, they didn't even bring this up to you? Nope, never even brought it up. Then you start to think, what else haven't they brought up? And then, it, then I kind of work backwards. I say, maybe you should meet my team of you know, holistic planning advisors. And that's kind of, I just kind of do it the opposite. But wealth management people are in the perfect position to really have an impact on clients' lot, their lives and, and make a lot of money doing it and doing it the right way. Um, so now here's the notes. So that's expensive. People get that one. This is the one they don't get too well. And this is some real funny business going on here. So we see this with a lot of indexed universal life carriers. Um, again, playing the illustration war, the beauty contest. Um, so I talked about best interest standards, right? So it's got to be low charges and expenses. They must be disclosed. You have to have reasonable crediting rates based on historical standards, and it must be in line with the client's risk tolerance. So here's a perfect example. A guy, woman bought this product. It was run at a 5% rate of return. So that would be, a, to me, a relatively conservative product, conservative assumptions for a conservative investor that wanted kind of steady growth, right? We're not going in the variable private placement world, relatively steady Eddie. So look what happens here. And this is the really interesting thing that most people don't get. So if I have $116,000 of cash value and the credit that year was 15,000, that's what they're assuming. Well, you guys do some quick math, but that doesn't calculate to 5% in my world. That's a 13% rate of return. And that's what the performance shows. But you peel back the front page, it says, wait a minute, you're only showing 5%. But when I peel back the curtain, I have to earn 13% in order for this illustration to come true. Now, I'm not saying the insurance companies can't because they're going to tell you, hey, we invest in alternative asset classes in timber and commodities and oil for a small piece of this. We think we can earn 13%. And I said, I'm not saying you can't, but I'm saying that's sure as hell, not a conservative policy. That's an aggressive risk profile. So you got to really be careful and just do some simple math. So I spend most of my time charges, 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 expensive because people get it. But some of these newer products, they start to play some funny business out every now and then. Because right now, and, and listen to me carefully, this right now, Carriers, and I hope to God this changes, but right now you are allowed to show low premiums while having high costs and expenses. So if an average person is going out and comparing, you know, which policy should I, should, should I buy? Calum selling something, Dave Buckwold selling something. And supposedly we're both selling index products and we're both running it at five and a half percent, right? But Calum is showing a $5,000 premium and Dave is showing a $7,000 premium. What's the average person going to assume? They're going to assume 
I'll take the $5,000 premium. Must be a better product, must have lower costs. And oftentimes when you peel back the onion, the opposite is true. Well, I could show that, hey, maybe the $5,000 premium actually has higher charges than the $7,000 premium. Now, that's impossible, right? Where, where I just showed you, right? But that's impossible unless there's some funny business going on. And this crediting rate un unveils that. So wait a minute, I'm, I'm running a $7,000 premium. I have lower costs. So obviously the interest that I'm crediting has to be lower. Or the $5,000 premium, the lower premium, has to be showing you a much higher crediting rate, but they're doing it behind the scenes. They may, we may both be showing 5% on the front page. So the client thinks this is an apples to apples comparison. Maybe, maybe not. That's why you always have to get the charges and expense pages and do some simple math. Um, and that's a little more uh, probably advanced because clients are just like, wow, I really don't get it. Now I'm really confused. They're showing me five, but we just did some math. I said $15,554 is not 5% 116. It's actually 13%, but they're showing you 5% on the illustration. So this starts to generate conversations that to me are, are very different than every other guy who sells life insurance. And I call them policy peddlers. They're out there just selling policies, showing their fancy little dividend history and all that baloney. And oh, we pay out more dividends than anybody. I'm like, you have more policies in force. That's a meaningless statement. Um, you need to really peel back the onion and look at charges and expenses and crediting make to make sure um, that you're really comparing apples to apples in a best interest standard environment. And I think that differentiates you from all your competition and can create many, many more sales opportunities, not to mention reviewing your existing clients' insurance that you didn't write anyway. Um, so you just probably, you probably have diamonds actually just sitting in your current blocks of business, um, but you either have, you know, that they own insurance already, just wasn't sold by you, but you manage all their money. You might as well review their insurance as well because they'd probably rather do it with you anyway. And oftentimes you can create significant new revenue to your firm. So with that, wow. I'll, 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 I'll take a breath. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Well, that was incredible. I mean, I feel like every time you talk, I feel like I know life insurance and then I don't again. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, um, you know, certainly appreciate you know just the wealth of knowledge that you bring and just just the questions and kind of I think especially as you said, starting with the charges and expenses sounds like that's the easy place to really start when you're you know reviewing these policies, especially enforced policies. I had one quick question for you. You know, mentioned obviously a lot of the illustration games are still happening today. Um, as you're writing new policies, how are you kind of navigating that wor world with with you know the different insurance companies right now? When I when I when I write new new insurance, you mean? Yeah. Um, well, I you know I obviously have different. You know, I will I will prove that prove to them that what I'm recommending is verified by Verilytic. But what I do a little different is um, you know Brian Sack and I kind of think similar, but I actually use one of his pieces. Um, I used to use something different, but I just liked his piece better. When I talk about life insurance with incredible tax benefits, um, and I get on, you know, I use the funnels and the measuring cup of, you know, tax rates. Where do you think tax rates are going in the future? People say higher. Um, then I start talking about asset classes that have no tax. So oftentimes I'll say, doesn't it make sense to start to reposition 
a portion of your portfolio that potentially could be taxed much higher in the future into an asset that will never be taxed in the future? And they usually say yes. And then I get into the conversation, you know, life insurance is used by some of the wealthiest, most sophisticated investors in the world these days because there's no tax. Um, and then we can either review what you have or we can talk about structuring and designing, which I call either a love strategy or a greed strategy. A love strategy is maximum death benefit, minimum premium, because your goal is death benefit, right? Because you love somebody, you want to protect somebody, you want to transfer wealth. A greed strategy is the opposite. Small death benefit, and you put as much money as you can into it. It's kind of like a, a souped up Roth IRA for rich people. But the life insurance industry rarely talks about that because guess what? Lower death benefit, lower compensation. So most people end up with suboptimal performance and they hear silly things like buy term, invest the difference. I can do better with my money. Life insurance is a bad investment. And I just say, really? Interesting. The richest, wealthiest people in the world are putting billions of dollars into these strategies today. So maybe they just do things a little differently, or maybe they have access to different type of products and different type of structuring. So that's kind of my really two ways that I go. And then I design the product that is best for the client. Awesome. Well, we will certainly have you date back, Dave, if, you're, if it works in your schedule again for a future coffee break. I think you can just share so much with our audience. We are at uh, just one minute past the, the time limit here. Uh, I did just want to say thank you again. Thank you, Dave, for joining us and, and, and uh, you know just giving all the information you gave today. Uh, if anybody has any additional questions, you can reach out to myself, Kirsten, Eric. Uh, we'll be happy to, to also get you some additional information. Um, we will have the recording available. So if you do want a copy of the recording to just kind of see Dave go through it all again, we will have that uh, available. Uh, last thing, um, next week's topic is perfecting your, your client annual oh. review process. And we will have Tim Claremont as our special barista next week. So uh, probably a great time to look at those life insurance policies is, is on those annual reviews. That's a, that's a great time to, to maybe open up that conversation. So again, Dave, appreciate your time today. Appreciate all of you joining us. Uh, look forward to seeing you next week uh, for, for uh, annual review process with Tim Claremont. Interested in learning more about the topics discussed today? We want to know more about your challenges and priorities and how we can help build your custom roadmap to success. That's right, a custom roadmap built just for you. Schedule a free 20-minute consultation with one of our business development partners. Visit c2pe.info forward slash podcast to schedule a time that's good for you. That's c2pe.info forward slash podcast.